You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Well, I'm excited. Turn in your Bibles if you would, please. In fact, let's do this. Turn to 1 Corinthians 11. You're not going to have to worry about looking much this morning. If you need to worship God, raise your hand and our ushers are coming all over the building. Good. Wow. I'm glad I did that. There's a lot of hands going up. All over the building, we've got somebody in the balcony, too. We've got, we've got several in the balcony. Oh, good. Austin, thank you, buddy. Keep your hands up till you get one. Now, we're going to be all over the place. I've got the screen covered for you today because, again, uh, I'm using a lot of Scripture. And I really am excited about what I have to share with you today. We're going to tie it all in to the community and, and, and Four Hot Springs and what we're doing and what we're trying to say. And we're going to attempt to do that over the next several weeks because we want... The success, get this, really incredible statement here. We want the success of our campus, uh, you know, uh, program that we did for four months. We want that to translate now to our community. I mean, what a great successful campaign we had. Raised almost $300,000 in commitments, and now the gifts are coming in. We're, we're, we're experiencing miracle after miracle in, in, in the area of our, our campus, our buildings, improvements, things are happening, starting to happen. We're, it's going to take a while for it to all finish, but it's, 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 it's a great feeling. It just is. It's a great feeling as a church family to know, wow, we got something done, change is happening, and the old is becoming new, and God's house deserves it. Amen? It does. So now how do we do that with the community? How do we translate, you know, how do we transition, rather, into a new emphasis for four months and then enjoy it for, for, you know, until Jesus comes. Well, that's the goal beginning this morning, and we're going to tie the Lord's table into that. So I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning on this subject, come to the Lord's table. And that's what this table represents. And that's what about 25 tables that will be set up in this auditorium tonight represent. It's going to be a different Lord's Supper. We've never done anything like we're going to do tonight. Very intimate, very powerful, very fun. It's going to be fun tonight. Tonight's going to be a celebration. And I want to build this message around tonight and what's going to happen tonight. I want to ask you a question. If you could have dinner with anyone, and don't, don't, don't answer out loud, don't, don't worry about having to get spiritual on me because I know everybody wants to say Jesus, but hang tight. Think just with me in terms of just somebody in this world or somebody that's passed on that you wished you could have had dinner with. If, if, you, if you could have dinner with anyone, maybe it's, for me, like it would be, I would have loved, honestly, I would have loved to have a meal with Adrian Rogers. Oh, that would have been incredible. He was a pastor of a church of, in, in Bellevue, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Bellevue Baptist Church. He, he, he quickly became hero status with me. And his legacy lives on in my life as far as just his teachings through the scriptures. I would have loved to sit down with him and just had a two, three-hour meal at a nice dining, uh, fine dining restaurant, you know. Um, maybe you've got someone in mind. But I want to make this statement in light of the Lord's Supper. I want to say this, and I believe it's true, that, that the greatest privilege... That anyone has to have a meal with anyone is the privilege that we will have tonight to break bread with the Lord Jesus Christ. Seriously. 
I mean, that may come as a shock to you that I'm, I'm saying we're going to have dinner tonight with Jesus. But it's true. You see, we're not come tonight to, to have a, a morbid, sad, gloomy service because someone died. Because he's not dead, he's alive. We come tonight to celebrate the fact that Jesus gave his life for us. And he is alive and he is here and we are alive in Christ if we are a new creature in him. There's so much to celebrate tonight. The church has two ordinances. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. In fact, scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, it says that to be followers of Christ, Paul said, even as I also am of Christ, now I praise you, brethren. I, man, I'm really proud of you. I, I want to I want to give you a round of applause because you are remembering the ordinances that I delivered to you. And Paul says that to remember these ordinances is praiseworthy. Something really cool and great and exciting and noteworthy about a church that often baptizes and often has the Lord's Supper. Very important. Taking the Lord's Supper is much more than just a ritual. And that's what it's become in many places. And it's not necessarily the church's fault or the pastor who is administering uh, the, the supper or the elders. It, 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 it could be just the fact that, you know, we, we come together, we, we partake of the Lord's Supper, and, and it just kind of comes and goes. And the next time it comes and goes, and before long, it's really not even more important than the ball game that's on that night. And it, it, it just kind of becomes something that we do because we have to do. Listen, the Lord's Supper is not a ritual. That's not what it is. It's necessary. It is necessary for several things in your Christian life. It's necessary for obedience. In fact, all four of these words, unplanned, unplanned as usual, we're all in that Westminster Confession. I mean, the fact that this is, a, this is an act of obedience tonight, obedience to Christ. This is an act of maturity as we remember the death of Jesus Christ and the body and blood that he shed and sacrificed for us, we are going to mature as Christians. There's going to be an experience tonight that, that matures us and brings us closer to Christ. We will also, it's necessary for our testimony. The fact that we will remember tonight when we did not know Jesus as our Savior and, and when he became our Savior. Can you remember before you knew Jesus? The life you lived, the, the things you did, the, all the things that, 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 that could have wrecked and ruined your life. And then you met Jesus and everything changed, right? Amen. Because that's what Jesus does. He changes us. And when we received him as our Savior and trusted in his death, burial, and resurrection, we became new creatures. And it is just something to remember. It's a testimony. And then finally, we grow tonight. We grow together in Christ. What? a wonderful experience to come to the Lord's table. And then I'm thinking about this emphasis on the community. How, how, does, how does the Lord's Supper touch the community? Well, in John chapter 13, again, not on the screen, but just a, an ancillary verse I'd like to use tonight, we find another passage of Scripture where Jesus is speaking about this Passover, the, the Last Supper. And not in every gospel is this included, but in John's gospel, he includes something else that took place after the supper. It was interesting. 
It says that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And he wiped their feet with a towel. He had a foot-washing ceremony, if you will. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And then he said when he'd washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. And then Jesus said, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done. Everybody here tonight is kind of wondering if the unusual thing that's going to happen tonight is we're going to have a foot washing ceremony, right? Well, don't worry. That's it's not what we're going to do, even though that would be okay. Wouldn't be anything wrong with it. I know churches that do it. In fact, I was invited by a church a few months ago, and the pastor washed my feet in front of his congregation. It was an incredible experience. He served me. He admitted, he, he, he gave somewhat of an admission that, look, we're in this thing together. And I'm afraid the community doesn't really think the church is in it together with them. I'm afraid sometimes we become so isolated, encapsulated in our own walls of our church buildings that if we're not careful, we come, we sit, we leave, we come, we sit, we leave. But there's really nothing on Monday morning that resembles Sunday morning. I'm simply saying that we've got to take what we experience Tonight in the Lord's Supper and this act, this symbolic act of serving one another into the community. And so Jesus said this, look, he said, a new commandment I give to you, same chapter, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Ye also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so the idea is this, that Gospel Life Baptist Church, as we come to the Lord's table, as we partake of his supper that then we would leave this place and serve our community with passion and love and, and wash their feet, if you will. So tonight, or this morning rather, we begin the process. The process will be for the next four months that we're going to introduce to you a ministry in town, a ministry that's not necessarily, you know, connected to a church, but it is doing the work of what the church should do. And that ministry this morning is Change Point Ministry, the Pregnancy Care and Parenting Resource Center that is saving the lives of children. And, and we're going to tell you tonight, to this morning, in just a few moments, how you can be a part and, and how this can become one of the most enjoyable, incredible things we've ever done as a church family for the next four months. Joanne, would you come? For I think almost 30 years, you've been the director of Change Point. Is, it, is that right? 25 years. And, and, and listen, the chairman of the board of Change Point is Doug Gully, one of our elders. Isn't that cool? And, I, and with this movie, Unplanned, that all of us probably have seen, if you haven't seen it, it's just life-changing. There is a stirring in our world today, an awareness like never before. And this ministry is being overwhelmed with opportunity, and it needs the church to help this ministry help the community. So how can we help? Tell us about Change Point. Well, Change Point is a ministry that's actually 31 years old, and we got started because there was a need to reach out to young women who were abortion-minded, and uh, we began to minister to them. 
and we were seeing about 25 young women a month, and the ministry began to grow. We now see about 600 people each month, and we've had over, well, as of today, 3,071 babies who have been saved from abortion through this ministry. And not only did we have the opportunity to reach out to these young women who are having unplanned pregnancies, but we were also able to help them. We saw a need to be able, if they were going to change their minds and choose to parent their child, then we needed to take the next step and to teach them how to parent that child. As I always say, how to really love your child. So we begin that process, and the process began to grow, and we began to do not only parenting for uh, infants and toddlers, but also through adolescents. The courts began to ask us also to help with, the, help with that area, and so we began that process too. We also do supervised visits for those who have, uh, perhaps there's a situation in the home and they're trying to reunite the family, and we're trying to help them to do that by helping them, by being present and helping them, but also and maybe it's just a marriage conflict, a custody battle, but we're there for them. We also assist a lot of young women with diapers and things like that for their babies. And I forgot to mention this a while ago because we do help. And I know that last year alone that we were able to help uh, people with diapers uh, of over 10,000 diapers left our building last year. And so God has been so good. And it's a ministry we have the opportunity to reach all areas of the family. This past year, we started a program, a fatherhood program, so we can help the fathers because we saw the need that if you're going to help the mother, that you need to be available to help the father. And I think that program has been very successful, and we are intending to uh, expand it this year. So just pray for us. You know, our biggest need, I'm going to say right now, is... We need your prayers. We need your prayers because we we are really attacked by the world on a daily basis. But, you know, we just need that love of Jesus all over the place. You know, there's nothing like sharing Jesus. And somebody asked me one day, they said, do you have that? Can you do that? Well, yeah, it's our turf. You know, so we share Jesus with anybody who walks in our doors and everybody who walks in our doors. So it's such a privilege. But thank you again for having us here. And, uh, you know, I would love for you to stop by and visit with us. But I tell Brother Eric earlier that one of our, I love when you come by and pray over us. It is such, it, it means so much to me. And we need you as volunteers we need people who can come in maybe one or two hours a week. And I'm just going to tell you, we have some people that only come in once a month because that's their only time slot just to help us and just to assist. And uh, we'll find the spot, or as I always say, God finds the spot. So I really invite you to come by and see us. And uh, we just thank you again because I love the people of this church. My own grandson attends the school here. So it means a lot to me. And uh, I'm sitting here and seeing Marlena sit there, and she's assisted us in so many different ways and helped families. So I do thank all of you very much. Yes,
I love it. He said, God is good, isn't he? Isn't that great? You know, I'm humbled by Joanne's service to our community through this incredible ministry. And I, I want to tell you, there's several ways we can help. She mentioned the prayer, and we're gonna, I'm going to do something with that through our email communication where we can offer an opportunity to pray together as a church family there and just get introduced to the facility in a, in a, in a more in-depth way. Also, we can pick up a little baby bottle on the way out. And we had a good number taken in the first service. It'd be great if we could wipe her out and the rest of those. You just fill it up with change, and, and then you return it. Just bring it to, to right there to Change Point on Nichols Street. Just drop it off. They give you a good way to be accountable to make sure at least at some point in the next three or four months you stop in and, and, and give that full change bottle. In fact, Joanne says that every bottle represents a saved baby, a saved life. That's really cool. So when you take one, you're... you're you know, that represents saving a life. That's incredible. And then finally, um, service. There's opportunities to serve. And we've got a sign-up sheet at the welcome desk, I believe, where you can just sign that and say, look, I'm interested in, in some capacity giving a, a little of my time to change point. Uh, we have a church member that I found out this morning is teaching a Bible study to men. Uh, that's amazing. And we're excited about that. Now, of course, Doug serves on the, on the board there. And we heard this morning that Merlena has helped and served there. Uh, Sherry Simmons was a big advocate. But they need more help. And so this is a way. This is the first open door of opportunity that's knocking on your heart. And we all want to answer in some way. At the very least, pray and grab one of those bottles and fill it up. We can do this, church. This could be an amazing four months. And one that becomes the culture of gospel light in a new and a, and a real and a powerful way. So how does that tie in with the Lord's table? Well, listen for the next few moments. With what time I have left, I, I want to do that. I want to give you five reasons why we come to the Lord's table. Because I believe this is a very important Lord's Supper tonight. I really do. I'm praying that God would give us a wonderful attendance. We, you know, we had 1,200 in total on Easter Sunday, a little under 1,200, like 1,180. It was an amazing Sunday in attendance. And God's been so good. All the ministries of our church are growing. And yet sometimes the Lord's Supper, because it's on a Sunday night at 5 o'clock, by the way, May, the fifth month, on the fifth day at 5 o'clock. 5, 5, 5. We'll have the Lord's Supper. I wonder what the number 5 means. Probably got some significance there. You know, I'm not trying to get spooky or anything. But anyway. And uh, 5, 5, 5. But tonight at 5 o'clock, it'd be a great thing if we could have two, 300 people show up tonight for the Lord's Supper. I mean, I announced it this morning to a, a great crowd. I'm announcing it this morning to another great crowd. It's an incredible experience. And after this morning's message, I'm believing God to do something tonight that will be so incredible as we as a church family meet at 5 until about 5.50. It's not a long service, but it's such an important service. Number one, the first reason why we come to the Lord's table tonight is we come to give thanks for the price that was paid for our redemption. Amen? We come to give thanks. That's the first thing. That's the first reason why we're coming tonight. In fact, in Luke chapter number 22 and verse 19, it says, And he took bread, and when he had given thanks. Thanks. This is a very important part of the Lord's Supper. You see, you might be asking the question, What am I, what am I to be thankful for? Well, let me, let me sum it up in one word. <clears throat> everything. In everything give thanks. Our very existence is not ours. Thank you, Lord. He has made us. We belong to him. 
He gave us life. He gave us our abilities. He gave us the people around us that have influenced us. He gives us wisdom to make decisions. And we are thankful that he offered himself as a sacrifice on our behalf. And tonight, we will tear a piece of bread and drink some juice. And and so we need to search our hearts for the depth of gratitude that we have for what Jesus has done and does for us. And so tonight we come. We come to show heartfelt gratitude. Think with me about what, what, what can I do? What can I do to show thankfulness for such great salvation? Hebrews in chapter 2 and verse 3 puts it like that. It says, how should we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? I want you to just meditate on that for just a moment on the screen. Is salvation great to you? You know, to some, I really believe salvation is just, it's, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's, yeah. Let me think. Yeah, I remember I did that a while back. Yeah, prayed this prayer, did this deal, went through these motions. And has it impacted your life in such a way that every single day of your life, you can't, you cannot neglect thanking him for that. It was a life changer, game changer, eternity changer. Salvation is something we should never get over. And so as we read a psalm like Psalm chapter number 100, which is a psalm of giving thanks. After nearly every line in the psalm, there's an exclamation mark, which means I would not be doing the psalm justice by reading it like this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Does that even sound like it should be read like that? It it, it shouldn't. There should be an attitude of gratitude that deserves an emphasis on the exclamation mark. Thus, I shall read it. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord... He is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. You didn't get as excited as I did, but that's okay. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's why I'm coming tonight. I mean, what else am I going to do? What else is there to give thanks for that surpasses such great salvation? Oh, preacher, since you put it like that, maybe maybe I'll come too. Amen. It's kind of what I'm hoping. That's the goal. That's why we're here. So how do you answer the question? How do you answer the question? What, what, What do I do to show my gratitude? For such a great salvation. Well, it's already on the screen. Come to the Lord's table. I mean, if you're truly thankful, wouldn't you want to come? Because the Bible says they gave thanks. That's it, man. That's what it's all about. Come tonight to give thanks. Number two. Secondly, we separate ourselves from the sin that Christ died for. This is another great opportunity as to why we would come to the Lord's table. And it's, 
It's, it's another verse that's shared in 1 Corinthians in chapter 11 where it says that we should examine ourselves. Now, I'm not trying to put any guilt trip on anybody here. You know, sometimes folks will say, man, preacher, I just, you know, I don't know if I should take, you know. I mean, I, I just feel so bad. I mean, I do things wrong and I this, that. and the, No, 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 no. That's not what it says. It doesn't say let a person examine himself and, and not come to the Lord's Supper if he's not ready. No, it says let him examine himself and then let him eat of the cup and, or eat of the bread and drink of the cup. In other words, it's not examine yourself to see if you're going to come or not. It's like, no, examine yourself and then come. Examine yourself so that you can come, so that, so that there is no unconfessed sin in your life. It's a great opportunity to do spiritual inventory in your life. The Lord's table is a wonderful time. That's what it's for. It's a, the purpose of it, the reason why we come is, is that, that we would do spiritual inventory because not everyone is ready to take the Lord's Supper without examination. It's very important. It's a big part of this thing. So who is the Lord's Supper for? Let, let's just determine a few, a few people this is for. Number one, it's for the redeemed. If you are born again, the Lord's Supper is for you. It is for you. It is for all those who know Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 20, verse 21 says, Now, no, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer demons and not to God, and I don't want to be participant with demons. And so you can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You can't partake the table of the Lord and the table of demons. You can't serve God and mammon. I mean, the truth of the matter is, this is not for someone who has not experienced the blood atonement of Jesus Christ as the sacrifice for their sins. This is not... A, a, a meal for someone who is not born again. But if you are saved, this is for you. It is for all the redeemed. Number two, it's for the reconciled. It's for those who have made peace with their brothers and sisters and family members. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians, it also says that Paul said, you know, when you come together as a church, I don't want there to be any divisions among you. It breaks my heart. When there's division in the church, Paul said, it just, it, it really, it, 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 the effectiveness of the Lord's table is, is, is hurt when there is divisions in the church. Pastor, I sure I'm glad you got that middle section. reason I like it is because I get to sit on one side of the church and you know who sits on the other side. I don't know of that story in our church. I've never heard anybody say that and I just made it up. But if it's true, the Lord's Supper is for those who are reconciling with one another. And most of the time, do you know where the reconciliation needs to happen? Husband and wife, parents and children, for the most part. And maybe some church members, if someone here today said, well, actually, Pastor, it's you. I would need to know because I don't know of anybody in our church family that I don't love and have a great relationship with. But I guarantee you there could be somebody who would need to say, Pastor, I haven't told you this. And I know you probably don't know, but let's get it done. Let's get it settled before tonight. Let's reconcile our relationship. And so that's what, that's what we should be doing. And that's what the Lord's, who the Lord's Supper is for. Paul said, look, let there be no divisions among you. And then thirdly, it's for the reverent. The word reverent means feeling or showing respect. And really, just a moment ago, we were introduced to an opportunity that we can have to show some respect and some love to those who are hurting in our community through Change Point. 
What a great opportunity. We should not take this arrogant, pharisaical, selfish attitude that says, well, you know, I just don't want to, you know, subject my children. No, no. That's not it at all. Listen, Jesus did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, which we are all sinners. Amen? This is not about judging someone else. This is about humbling ourselves and showing respect to the community of Hot Springs that desperately needs Jesus like we need Jesus. Paul got kind of concerned about some things in the passage before you when he said this. So when you come together, it's, it's, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For an eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. He's just kind of trying to figure out what's wrong with, with this church. and Because they're not coming to eat the Lord's Supper. He says there are people that are going hungry while somebody else gets drunk. There are some that are, he says these questions. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God? And do you humiliate those who have nothing? What? What what shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No. His frustration is this. That we're coming together as a church. And he says, listen, you are not fulfilling the purpose of the Lord's Supper by coming together in a selfish way. Come and serve one another and be transparent and, and, and let's just love one another and let's realize that we're not coming together uh, to, you know, to, to sit in s- certain sections where, where we feel more comfortable and where, you know, where, where the church is divided kind of into social economic you know, divisions. This is not what the church is for. The ground is level at the cross. Amen. And, and, and we are here tonight not just... To say, well, you know, we're, we're better than someone else. No, we're, we're here to find out how we can all help one another. And that's what tonight's going to be about. And so there's a great opportunity to come tonight and show respect. We have the opportunity to do a spiritual checkup. That's what the Lord's Supper is for. In fact, I just had a physical. I have a yearly physical, and they do blood work. And sometimes when you go to the doctor, blood work is done. And by examining the results, doctors can see the problems before the symptoms show up. And that's a good thing. Right, Doc? It's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that helps sometimes to forego problems that can become worse. And so we examine ourselves tonight, but we do it under the surveillance of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And by doing that, we see if there's any backslidden tendencies in our lives. What an opportunity. Before we fall into maybe some form of backslidden condition, we have the chance to do some blood work tonight. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Number three, we have communion with the Savior who loves us. That's why we come to the Lord's table, because he is here. That's why this beautiful table is before you, because there is a place for him at the table. No one is sitting in this seat tonight because Jesus is sitting in that seat tonight. No, no, I should say this. Someone is sitting in that seat. But if you don't mind, let's let's let Jesus have this seat tonight. May this be his seat at the table because he will be here with us. He's participating tonight. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, where it says, The cup of blessing that we bless is not, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? And then, of course, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three or 24, yeah, it says, Do this in remembrance of me. And then in 25, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, I am here. I am with you. Remember. Don't forget this. 
I'm, I'm present in the building when you do this. So tonight, as you look over at that empty chair, remember that it represents the awareness of the presence of Jesus. Wow, he's here. And when we say in remembrance of the Lord Jesus, we're not talking about remembering someone who has died and gone from us, but remembering someone who is now present with us. This is not a funeral tonight. This is a feast. We need to look beyond the symbols and see the Savior. What we are doing tonight is not a moment of silence for the dead. It's an act of fellowship with a friend. He's our friend. He's the best friend we've ever had. Would you come tonight? You know, I wonder how many of you, if I told you Jesus was coming to church tonight, would, would be here. I mean, if, if it was true. I mean, if it was really true. I mean, if you were going to say, you know, now, Pastor, come on. Jesus, is he really coming? Well, actually, he's here this morning. He came when you walked in. Amen. And he'll be here tonight. Don't miss this dinner. Oh, I know you had somebody else in mind to have dinner with tonight, but cancel that and have dinner with Jesus. This is an amazing opportunity. Don't miss it tonight. Number four, we also come to the Lord's table to claim healing for the hurting. And this is something tonight we're going to be doing as we, as we come to the Lord's table just a little differently tonight than, than we've been doing for the past couple of years. Just a little small change up tonight. Nothing that will be spooky or different or in a way that you won't be comfortable with. I can assure you, if anyone likes to have dinner with a family, if you enjoy having fellowship with a friend, I know that I don't like to eat alone. Amen? I just don't like it. I just, I always feel sorry for people when they're eating by themselves. I've been to restaurants before and seen somebody doing that and said, hey, why don't you come sit with us, you know? And so tonight we're going to be taking it together as a family. It's going to be 20 tables spread out, 25 tables in different places of the auditorium. And we'll be sitting in the pews with the tables next to us, and it'll work just fine. You'll, you'll pick up quickly as to how this is going to happen tonight. But at the end of the day, we're going to be enjoying communion together. And during that time, we're going to have the opportunity to pray for one another. I wonder how many tonight are going to come to church with a need. Does anybody have a need tonight? Today? I got something that's just heavy on your heart. Something that it wasn't on your plate last week, but since we came together this past Sunday, you found out something like, for instance, we went to Children's Hospital this week with Glorianne to do a checkup, and she has to have surgery a week from Monday, and they got to put her out. So I didn't have that last Sunday. So since I have that this, this week, you guys, whatever table I sit at, I'm going to bring that up if you don't mind. I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to say, well, we don't want to bother anybody. No, no, I need your prayers. We're a little nervous about it, but, you know, it's just something that they said we need to do. And so with special needs kids, you just kind of listen to the doctors and you go with it. Don't feel sorry for me. Pray for me. Pray for us. I'm going to bring that up tonight at my table. Why don't you bring something up tonight at your table? What, what is it that's in your life right now that... I mean, I already know what Scott's and Christie's are. They're leaving Wednesday to go to the funeral of Scott's first cousin. 32-year-old Rachel passed away this week of a brain tumor. Two kids. You say, that's heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. But you know what? 
we can make that burden lighter tonight at the table. At the table. You see, the table's where you talk about things like this. The table's where you say, hey, Scott, what's going on in your life, man? Talk to me. What's happening? That's what I do when I take my kids out to eat. I'll do it all the time. I got Mo this Thursday night. Now, the difference between taking Mo out now and taking Mo out before is now when I ask him out, he says, let me ask Seuss. He has to get permission now, huh? But Thursday night, Mo and I will have a date night, and I will say to Mo, so Mo, son, what's going on in your life? What's happening? And he'll just pour it out, man. He'll pour it out, and I'm ready. I want to hear it. And as I get older, he says, Dad, what's happening in your life? And we fellowship. We, we, we pray for one another. We claim healing for the hurting. Tonight, the Lord's Supper is going to be a time to claim healing in three areas. I'm just going to give you these for sake of time. Number one, physically for the body. Some people are hurting physically and need prayer physically. Like, that's ours. It's physically for Glorianne's body. But some need emotionally for the soul. Some, you're, you know, your soul is burdened. Oh, soul, are you weary and... What's the word? Trouble. Yeah. No light in the darkness, you see. There's light for a look at the Savior. You know, I love that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Some... Your souls are heavy and burdened and emotionally drained. And then some need prayer for their spirituality. You're just drained in your spirit. You just It's been a while since you felt the embers of the Holy Spirit burning. In fact, as bad as you wanted to latch on to what Joanne had to say, it just didn't do anything for you, and you're like, I, I mean, I probably should have felt like I should help, but I don't know what it is. I just don't, I just don't feel like serving God right now. I'm not sure what it is. I can't tell you. Maybe I've been hurt by the church. Maybe I've been, you know, maybe I, I've just got some things in my life. I don't know what it is, but I, I know, Pastor, you try to get us excited, but it's just, right now, I just need you to pray spiritually for my spirit because I want to get it back, but it's not there, and that's okay. Tell us how we can pray for you tonight at the, at the table. If you can make it to the table tonight, come all who are burdened. And, and Jesus says, I'll give you rest. Number five, and I'm done. We experience communion with the saints. I love this. I love this because this is part of the Lord's Supper. It's, it's fun. It's fellowship. Did you know tonight it's okay if we laugh a little bit? In other words, when we've got these 20 dinners going on tonight or 25 dinners around if somebody starts laughing, oh, I cannot believe they're laughing. This is the Lord's Supper. It's okay to laugh. In fact, did you know that the early church, when they celebrated the Lord's Supper, it was a party? Oh, yeah. When they celebrated the Lord's Supper, it was a, it was a feast. They were singing and dancing. You say, I, I just, pastor, it just seems like now the Lord's Supper is all about, you know, and I agree, there should be some reverence. I get it. And it'll be tonight, it'll be, Darker and candles will be lit and it'll be more like the early church setting. Is that okay? That'd be cool. I like that. But it's not necessary. It's just a cool little way of doing it to make sure that we understand we are remembering his death. But at the same time, we're going to enjoy tonight communion with the saints. And so if someone laughs tonight, it's okay. In fact, when you start thinking about giving thanks for such great salvation, sometimes you can't help it but to get a little 
giddy about it. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three says this. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Serve one another. Wait for one another. The Lord's Supper is a church ordinance that brings us together and says we are one in the bond of love. That's why it is so cool to have a meal together. When you want a fellowship, you know, I love it. I love it when somebody calls me and says, hey, let's have a meal together. Next, next opening. And it, it happens all the time, and I just I make sure I try to do it as often as I can. I'm always trying to make, it's, it's a little rough sometimes with Glory Ann to make it happen because we've got to get a babysitter, but we do work at it, and I love having a meal with church family. I love it. It's fun. And we're going to do that tonight. Part of what we're doing tonight is having a supper together. Communion with the saints. I'd like to ask our worship team to come forward while I give you this closing illustration because I just love sometimes what a meal can, can represent. You know what the best meal I think I've ever had, the most memorable meal, don't miss this. The most memorable meal I've ever had was the meal that I asked my wife to marry me. Yeah. It was a table like this. I, uh, I was deeply in love with Carol Ann, so I called her father, who's in heaven, Hiro Yoshida. Margaret, did I say that right? Hiro. But you said it like this. Hiro! <laughs> Hiro Yoshida. I called... Mr. Yoshida, I said, uh, Mr. Yoshida, I'm, I'm madly in love with your daughter, and I'd really like to marry her, but I want your permission first. And he asked me a few questions, like how much money I had in the bank. <laughs> you know, and I, he did. He was very thorough. What's my future? What does this look like? What, what's my short-term future? What do I picture myself in 20 years? It was a pretty intense little testing. And at the end, he said, son, I... I'm okay with giving you my daughter's, my daughter's hand in marriage. You can ask me. Thank you, sir. So I began to plan this great event. And I was excited. I wanted to go all out. I mean, this was going to be big. I mean, beyond salvation, to me, this was the next biggest date in my life when I would be asking somebody to marry me. So I started planning. And I wanted to find a really nice restaurant. So I was getting my hair cut uh, as a college student. By the way, I got my hair cut yesterday, in case you haven't noticed. And I was getting my hair cut. I had hair back then to get cut. I still do. So I just go now because it's like bittersweet. And um, I looked at my barber and I said, hey, man, I'm getting, I think I'm, I found, you know, God's will for my life. And I'm going to get married and it's really cool. And I want to get engaged, but I'm looking for a really cool restaurant. I don't care what the price is. Don't worry. Not anything. It's fine. Just do you know of a, he said, oh, yeah, I got, I got the restaurant. I said, where? He said, Nick's Fish Market in downtown Chicago. I said, does it really sound? I goes, look, Nick's Fish Market is the best restaurant in Chicago. It's by far the best. In fact, they actually have a table for couples that get engaged. It's called Table 55. I said, really? So I get out of the barbershop. I call Nick's Fish Market. They answer the phone, and I said, uh, hey, listen, I'd like to make reservations for, for four, actually, because I was going to have two people go with us, two chaperones, not to be with us during the thing, but the college I went to, you couldn't be alone. So anyway, and uh, I know, feel sorry for me later. I don't think Darian and Tiffany did it like this, but hey, you know, <laughs> this is this is back in the day, right? Yeah. So 
So anyway, but it was cool. It was cool. So I called Nick's Fish Market and I said, look, I'd like to make reservations. And they said, is it a special occasion? I said, yes. In fact, I'm getting engaged. And he said, you need table 55. I thought, table 55? What is this with table 55? So I set the, rest, the reservation and I planned the evening out. I rented a Cadillac, the nicest brand new Cadillac. I picked it up at Hertz and I asked your best friend in high school, Tim, and his wife to take us that night. So they were, they were really more our chauffeurs than our chaperones. They really were. They were great. And so they chauffeured us around Chicago. The first place I wanted to go was to buy her a new dress. I wanted to divert her attention. I didn't want her to think, you know, this was going to be the night. So we went to Saks Fifth Avenue. Man, fancy, rest, uh, fancy dress place. We went through the dress section and said, honey, pick out a dress. I'm going to buy it for you. She picked out. She was choosing between these two. And she comes out. She goes, what do you think about this? And she goes back, which one do you like more? And I said, both. I said, let's get both. I can't make up my mind. She's been doing that ever since, man. She... So I got both. She was so excited. We get back in the Cadillac. We drive to Nick's Fish Market. I'm like, where is this restaurant? It was The sign was there, Nick's Fish Market, but the restaurant wasn't there because it was underground. Oh, yeah, you had to take an elevator down to the restaurant. So we park, you know, and we get in the elevator, go down, and we walk. It opens up into this beautiful, exquisite, like this table restaurant and he says can i help you i said yes we're here capaci for, for for two and i have a couple here that have i have a table reservation for two they said okay Cap- capaci. table 55 and well she didn't know anything she's just like you know whatever table 55 you know and I, so we start walking towards the table the guy leans he goes good luck tonight so we get to the table and what was different about it was that it was in the midst of this huge restaurant with all kinds of tables. But this table had a booth in the middle of the restaurant with like eight foot tall backs. It was like you're in your own world. And all it had was a little small opening for the waiter to come in and step in and take your order. Caroline kind of thought, you know, she goes, man, this is, wow, this is incredible. We're getting like the best booth in the restaurant. I'm like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just unbelievable. Coincidence, I guess. So we're sitting in the midst of, you know, I'm sure a couple hundred people sitting at different tables, but we're in the center in table 55. So they take our order, and then the next guy takes our order. You never had, you never saw the waiter twice, never. We had nine different waiters that, that night because the guy that takes your order isn't the guy that brings your drink, and the guy that brings your drink isn't the guy that brings your salad. And it's just a, it's so nice. It was so fancy. It was so good. It was a great meal. We loved it. It was awesome. But the guy told me, look, he said, after dessert, we ain't coming back until you get it done. So after dessert, I knew they would leave us alone. I remember pushing the table out just a little bit. She said, you okay? I said, yeah, just full, just full. Oh, so good. And then I started singing, earth angel, earth angel, will you be mine? My darling dear, love you all the time. I'm such a fool, a fool in love with you. After singing earth angel, I got on my knees and I said, Caroline, would you marry me? Here was the first words out of her mouth. Did you ask my dad? First words. And I said, yes. Second words out of her mouth. What did he say? I'm not kidding. I'm like, what is this? Interrogation. I said, he said, yes. 
And then the tears flowed after she said, I said that. And she said, okay, I'll marry you, you know. And I'm like, wow, you know, glad he liked me, you know. So we, we, got, we got married. But here, here's, the, here's the story. It all happened at, ta- at a table, around a table. Tonight, it's going to be more special than that. That's hard to believe, honey, because that was special. But this tonight is going to be, that's why I set the table like this. And this wasn't easy. I had to call somebody to help me. I don't know how to do this stuff. Thank God Danielle Reed does. But I wanted you to see how, how, how important tonight is.